Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege. So grateful that you're connecting with us. Today, once again, we're going back into the book of Psalms, Psalms 34, please. We have been working through a series the last several weeks talking about, uh, really the title of it is God Is, Amen. And we've talked about uh, God is good, God is merciful, God is love. These are some of the topics we've touched on. Let's go ahead and look at a key verse here. Verse 8 of Psalms 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. That means to perceive and experience it, praise God. To perceive and experience that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, praise God. Now, of course, we started this series talking about how God is good and good all the time, praise the Lord. And rightfully so, amen. I think sometimes that gets lost, I don't know, lost in translation, lost in something, I don't know. But somehow or another it gets forgotten by the church that God is always good, praise God. That has never changed. You know, he says, I'm the Lord, I change not. Amen. Now, a lot of times people, for some reason, think he does off and on, like he's, he's confused, but he's not. He's always good, amen, and he's good all the time, praise God. In the, the book of Psalms, in, in Psalms 136, uh, reference we used uh, concerning mercy. And let's see, verse, verse 1 of Psalms 136 just says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Here we go again. For his mercy endures forever. And as I brought out the last couple of weeks, you know, that in that psalm alone, 26 times he says his mercy endures forever. And so we took a week and talked about that God is merciful, praise God, that he is rich in mercy. We talked, looked in both the Old and the New Covenants and that, and, uh, you know, really see that uh, God's mercy really does endure, praise God, forever, praise God. So once again, not only is God good all the time, praise God, that he's merciful all the time. Last week, we, we went out of uh, 1 John 1, uh, pardon me, 1 John 4, pardon me, and uh, we pretty much spent most of our time there uh, talking about how God is love. And the verse that kind of sticks out is verse 16. So 1 John 4, 16 says, For we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love, hallelujah, abides in God and God in him. So what we've really focused on was the fact is that you got to know love, okay, as it brings out here. In other words, God is love. So sometimes I like to say it this way, you got to get to know Mr. Love, praise God, amen, agape love, unconditional love, uh, a, a, a character of giving, that's what that's all about, every fiber, he's, he's giving of himself constantly, that has never changed, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's, that's the nature of God, amen, not only is he a God that's good, he's a God that's merciful, he's a God of love, praise God, unconditional conditional love. And so we focused on the fact that you got to know love, amen, and you got to believe in that love, it says, that he has for you. You have to believe in that, amen. And depending on what's all going on in your life, a lot of times the enemy wars with your head about certain things, but you have to, you have to be confident in the fact, amen, that God's love is always towards you, amen. He is a God of love, all the time, praise God. And the word goes on to talk about that if you know love and if you get to believe or you start believing in the love that he has for you, then you start abiding in that love. Amen. What that means, you remain, you continue in it. It's hard to walk in love 
when you don't get to know love. It's hard to walk in love when you don't believe in the love that he has for you. It's kind of hard to extend that toward others when you yourself can't even receive it yourself. So we took a week and talked on that. Today, we are also going to stay in the book of Psalms for a little bit. And I'm going to go to Psalms 56. Psalms 56. I hope you've been enjoying this series. I enjoy this series. It, to me, it's just about you know, bringing out the character of God, you know, his attributes and uh, you know, who he is, praise God. And I feel like the more you get to know him, uh, the more that you begin to really experience, as that verse in Psalms 34, you begin to uh, experience him. Amen. Hallelujah. You begin to perceive and experience all that he has for you, praise God. Amen. Whether we're talking, he's good, merciful, love. Amen. And today, praise God, we're going to say this, okay? God is for us. Amen. This is our topic today, that how God is for us. I thought this would fit right good in here in this part of the series. Amen. So in Psalms 56, please. And um, I'm going to go down here to verse 9. And uh, read a few verses here. It says that when I uh, cry out to you, and that literally means to call out, okay, then my enemies will turn back, or literally means to retreat. When I start calling out to God, my enemies are retreating. Amen. This I know because, here we go, this is why, because God is for me, praise God. God is for me. Amen. Now, this is a phrase, really, that refers to he's with me, he's on my side. These are some things that are going to come up here in this, uh, this uh, message today. Uh, it also refers to him. He's your help or advocate, your protection, uh, your aid or support. It literally means one that's there to surround you, amen, in a good way, right? Okay, so I, for this I know because God is for me or on my side, right? In God, verse 10, I will praise his word, okay? In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, that's kind of a key phrase here a little bit today, okay? But uh, you noticed here, um, I will not be afraid. I'm going to put my trust in God. Why? Because God's on my side. Amen. I'm going to call out to him. My enemies are going to scatter, praise God. I will not be afraid. Now, that's going to be a a, a huge uh, key here in some of this today, okay? I refuse to fear. All right. In fact, that phrase, when you look it up, it means to fear not. Okay. I will not give in to fear. I will not yield to fear. Amen. Now, some have said that over 350 times that phrase is used. I will not fear or or fear not. I mean, fear not or do not fear. Amen is in there. Praise God. Now, I don't know. I've never taken the time just to count them, but I know it's in there a lot. And you're going to see it a few times today. I have uh, in God, I have put my trust I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? In other words, I'm going to be confident in God. I'm going to rely on God. I'm not going to yield to fear. Amen. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because I know that he's with me. Praise God. That's a good thing to know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 118 since we're still in Psalms. Psalms 118. Hallelujah. God is good. And good all the time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 118. And let's go here down. I'll go down like verse 5. And it just says this. I called on the Lord in 
distress, okay, or in other words, in a tight time or a tight place is what it means, an anxious place or out of anxiety. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place, okay, which literally means an enlarged or open place or a safe place. Okay, so when you kind of look at that verse, what he's saying is that right now, you know, I'm kind of in this tight squeeze. I feel the pressure on. Everything's pushing against me. And really, in a lot of ways, it's more, more of this mental attack, which is really going to be a, a key thing to understand here today. Okay, this mental attack that the enemy's putting on, putting the squeeze on you. But when you begin to lean on God and trust in God, the, you know, he puts you in a wide place. All of a sudden, it's like he, somehow or another, he puts you in a place where you feel safe, where you, you don't feel like you're, you're squeezed in anymore. Hallelujah. God can do that. Praise God and do it every time. And so he says, I called on the Lord, right? In other words, I'm, I'm calling on him. Amen. I'm leaning. I'm putting my trust in him, my reliance in him. I'm putting, uh, you know, my faith in God here. And when I do that, he takes me out of that tight place and in a sense puts me in a, a larger, open, safe place. Amen. Where I feel, amen, comfortable and not so much squeezed anymore. Praise God. Amen. The Lord is on my side. Verse 6. Hallelujah. There it is again. I will not fear what can man do to me. Okay. Now that's, that's a pretty uh, uh, key verse there again. It kind of repeats what we've seen earlier. This actually is quoted again in the New Covenant in uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 6. And it just says it this way, though. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. That's how it's worded in the New Covenant. So he says here, the Lord is on my side. In the New Covenant, he says, the Lord is my helper. Okay, as I brought out earlier, that's part of that definition. Okay, and it means protection, uh, being an advocate. It means aid, support, or like I said earlier, to surround. In other words, he's your help. He's there to be a help, praise God. And you stop and you think about it. When you're in a tight squeeze, sometimes that's, you know, the problem with that is sometimes you feel like you're all alone. Everything's closing in on you. You feel like you're all alone. But what happens when God's on the scene, it's like everything opens up. You realize you're not alone. You feel safe all of a sudden. You feel like, you know, you can breathe again. Amen. And this is what he's talking about. Amen. So the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord, verse 7 here, I'm going to read a couple more verses. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Hallelujah. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, right? Now, that's, I wanted to kind of read down it because I thought this is kind of, inter- I mean, as it fits in here. Uh, it is better to trust in the Lord, verse 9, than to put confidence in princes. Okay, that word refers to like nobility, uh, but it's a word that also means generosity, okay? So what it's talking about is, I'm not, I'm not going to put my confidence in some handout. I'm not going to put my confidence even in government. Okay, that's kind of key maybe for the day we're in, obviously. But, uh, you know, we're putting our confidence and trust in the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to put my confidence in, in man in any way. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, in a sense, you know, uh, you know putting, uh, you know, you see, you got people you believe in, people that you uh, you know, you have a sense of, uh, uh, you know, you, you can see the, the calling in their life. You can see that, man, they're, they're there for good. Amen. So it's not saying that you just reject every individual that's in your life. He just says, I'm going to put my confidence 
in God, okay? Not in, not in flesh, not in human flesh, not in, not in things, not in stuff, not in government, not in handouts. Amen. I'm going to put my confidence in God. Now, praise God for the, the individuals in our life that are there and are, and are a benefit and do uh, add to our life and benefit our lives. Amen. Praise God for every one of them. But even in that, amen, I'm going to put my confidence, my trust in the Lord. Praise God. Why? Because I always know He's on my side. Amen. And I think that's kind of why this fits here because what happens is sometimes in, in human, in flesh, in, in, you know, people, okay, and in things, you know, we have a tendency to think they're always on your side. Well, and praise God for those that maybe that, that, you know, stick with that. But I have found that isn't always the case, okay? So a lot of times you put your confidence in individuals thinking they're always going to be there, and the next thing you know, they're gone, okay? Now, I'm not picking on anything. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not even trying to bring up a bad, uh, you know, a bad uh, you know, thought in that. My heart really is just to say this. You know, that's why you always keep your confidence in God because he, he, the word is clear. He is always on your side. He is always with you. He is always for you, praise God. That's why you always put your confidence in him. And I hope that all made sense, praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe it kind of you know, went on a little bit of rabbit trail there. So anyway, I hope you're all still doing good. All right, so praise God. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Okay, let's hang on to that. Let's go to Deuteronomy. We'll kind of jump out of Psalms here. And let's go to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 20. I'm kind of just getting some, some uh, references out here first, and then, uh, then we're going to jump into the New Covenant and spend some time in there. Uh, so uh, Deuteronomy 20. Um, let's see here. Let's do, uh, I'll probably read, start with verse 1 here, read a few verses here. It just says this, uh, 20 and verse 1 of Deuteronomy. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. In other words, uh, you feel overwhelmed because of how many there. And look at this. He says, do not be afraid of them. And here we go again. Here's, he's, he addresses fear. Okay, Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. There it is again. You don't have to be fearful. Why? Because the Lord's with you. All right. Who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, obviously, he's talking to the children of Israel. Okay, but just keep in mind, okay, this is also a word to you and me. Okay, he brought you. The, uh, Egypt really was referred to as the house of bondage. Now, you know as well as I do that many of you, if not all of you watching or listening, praise God, have been brought up out of a house of bondage one way or another. Okay, just coming out of the, the grip of the enemy into the kingdom of light, amen, is, is a huge thing right there, bringing you out of the house of bondage, so to speak, amen. So what he's saying here is this, okay, the same God that brought you out of the house of bondage is the same God that can deliver you from any other enemy that's out there, okay? It's the same God, and he's referring to the fact that he's a God that's always for you and with you and will not forsake you or leave you. Praise God. He goes on now, verse 2. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And this is what he's supposed to say to them. And, uh, <clears throat> and he shall say to them, hear, O Israel. Amen. And we could even you know, make that address to you and me, right? Today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. I love this. In other words, don't, don't shrink. Don't cower here. That's what it means. 
Do not be afraid. And there's that word again talking about fear not. That's that, uh, that Hebrew word. That's what it means to fear not, okay? And do not tremble, which means literally uh, to hasten off due to fear. In other words, you, you know, don't feel like, you know, don't get up and start running off because of some kind of fearful thought here. Or be terrified uh, because of them. That word terrified is another key word, okay, for this. And all these are just different types of way of saying don't be afraid, okay? But this word terrified, okay, or at least in the New King James, it's the word terrified. But it literally means to be harassed or oppressed by fear. To be harassed or oppressed. Now, somehow terrified, somehow, you know, uh, you know when you got terrorism, this is what it, this word here, when the enemy's trying to terrorize you, to bring terrorism into the scene, is that's what it's talking about, being harassed or oppressed by it, okay? Do not do that, right? Verse 4, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you. There he is again, okay? He's the God who's with you, a God who's for you. Hallelujah, right? Uh, he says, to fight for you against your enemies to save you, all right, or to help. And that's what this whole thing's about. He's with you there to help. He's the helper. He's the advocate. Hallelujah. He's uh, your aid. He's your support. He's the one that's with you, praise God. Now, we also know, like, if you get into the new covenant, you start talking about the Holy Spirit. That's, that's really the whole function of the Holy Spirit is there. It's the Spirit of God there, amen, to be your advocate, to be your helper, amen, to be the one that's with you, amen, no matter what. You always know you got the Spirit of God with you, amen, wherever you go, amen. So we're seeing here that in order, uh, or probably maybe the best way to say it, that one of the main reasons of receiving this, this understanding of the fact that God is with us, amen, and God is for us, is because you got to deal with this thing called fear. you got to walk free from fear, amen. The enemy is always coming at you in the area of fear, somehow trying to torment you, somehow trying to bring dread or terrorize you or somehow get you to be insecure, okay, which is going to be a key word here in a bit. But these are all the things that the enemy tries to do, this, this mental uh, attack, this warfare, trying to get you to cower, to back up, to quit, uh, to throw in the towel, to run off, whatever, all right, that's what he's trying to do. But you got to remember, God is with you, praise God. He will not leave you nor forsake you. All right, since we're in Deuteronomy, let's go to chapter 31 of Deuteronomy. All right, hope you're hearing this, child of God. Hallelujah. Psalm, or pardon me, Deuteronomy 31. Let's start again at verse 1. Now this, of course, Moses has been talking to them. Um, it says, verse 1, says, And Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. Of course, there's a whole bunch of things he talked about, the blessing and the curse and staying connected with God. Amen. And he said, uh, verse 2, And he said to them, uh, I am 120 years old today. So he's 120 years old. I can no longer go out and come in as the Lord has said to me. You shall not cross over this um, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations uh, from before you, and you shall uh, dispossess uh, them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. In other words, I'm not crossing over with you. You're not going over there with me. Okay, I brought you to this point. Okay, now there's a whole situation that happened there, but he's just saying this, okay? I'm not going over with you. You're, you're going over there without me, okay? But Joshua, my servant, is going to go with you. He's going to lead you from here on out. That's what he's bringing out, all right? Verse 4, 
And the Lord will do to them as he has done to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites uh, and their land when he destroyed them. Okay, in other words, he's trying to bring some confidence to them, to some assurance to them that the same way God was before you or was with you in the other situations, he's with you now. Okay, is what he's saying. Verse uh, 5, please. And the Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. In other words, follow the same word. All right, be strong. Here we go. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear. There it is, that, that phrase again, fear not, nor be afraid. Now, there's that word again about being harassed or oppressed by fear. Okay, that's that word terrorized. Do not let yourself be terrorized. Okay, don't yield to fear in any way. Don't let yourself be terrorized. Okay. Hallelujah. Of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. There it is again. He's with you, all right? He will not leave you, all right, nor forsake you, which means to relinquish or to fail you. Amen. He's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to fail you, okay? Verse 7, then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. Now, remember, that's what he's given Joshua now, a word of the Lord, Okay, now this is going to come up here in a minute, okay, because God uh, is trying, trying to get this across to him, all right? Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. Hallelujah. He will be with you. There it is again. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. There's that, that fear not again. Be or nor be dismayed. Okay, now this word dismayed, okay, is a word we haven't seen yet, but it's going to come up again. But it literally means to be beat down or discouraged by fear. Okay, to be wearied or to be brought under a thing of, of, of great confusion. Okay, again, it's a mental attack. Okay, the enemies are trying to somehow terrorize, somehow confuse, somehow weary you, beat you down by this, somehow discourage you, get you full of discourage instead of rising up in courage. Okay, this is what it's talking about. That's what the enemy's trying to do. Now, that was a, a piece of that was a word directly to Joshua. So now let's go to Joshua 1. Okay, just a couple chapters over here. And so now we see Joshua's now getting ready to take. Uh, the children of Israel in, but Joshua now gets a word directly from God, okay? Uh, this whole first, you know, basically the first nine verses are a word directly to Joshua from, from God, you know, basically telling him in a nutshell uh, to, not, to, to not yield to anything, uh, you know, except follow God. Keep it before you. Amen. Keep meditating on that. Keep thinking that. Keep talking that. Don't you let yourself come under any kind of fear. Don't you let anything else somehow distract you or knock you off that. Amen. That's really what the word is. It sums up basically in verse 9 is really the key verse here is, uh, for today anyway. I, have I not commanded you? See, here it is again. So he says, have I not commanded? In other words, I've already told you this once. Amen. In fact, remember Moses you know, through the word of the Lord, spoke this to him, all right? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. So he's repeating himself here, okay? Do not be afraid, okay? Now, there's that word that being harassed or oppressed by fear. In other words, to terrorize. Do not be terrorized, nor be dismayed. There's that other word, beat down, discouraged by fear. 
uh, again, to be bring in some form of weariness or confusion. Okay, that's what that word is. For the Lord your God is with you, there it is, wherever you go, okay? So he just, again, confirming, okay, you don't have to yield to fear, okay, because I'm with you. Okay, now all of these verses we've been bringing out, okay, okay, all of it. In fact, every time he talks about the Lord is with you, the idea is to get you to understand that you have the advocate, the helper. You have, you have amen, your, your, your uh, uh, protection, uh, your aid, amen. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. All of this is about, amen, to keep you out of a place of fear. Because really the, the tactic of the enemy is always to somehow bring God's people under fear. Well, not bring all people under fear, but, but we're talking to the uh, children of God right now, okay? So because he's trying to bring across that that same tactic that he puts on anybody out there in the world is what he tries on you and me. And that is to bring you under fear, fear one way or another. To somehow mentally torment you, to beat you down, weary you, to bring in some form of confusion, to, to terrorize, uh, to somehow cause you to feel insecure, uh, to somehow uh, look down on yourself you know, that you can't or won't, or all them kind of things, all form of fear that the enemy tries to place on you. And that's why the word is so clear about, uh, you know, that uh, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, okay? And that word literally refers to head games or mental trips, okay? So that's what he's talking about. That is the main way the enemy works. Not the only way, but the main way that he works, okay, on, on you and me is through uh, head games, okay, by bringing in thoughts of fear one way or another, amen. So I took a little bit of time to kind of, you know, dissect those a little bit, just trying to show you there's all kinds of ways the enemy tries to come at you. If he can't come at you this way, he's going to try over here. And if that don't work, he's going to try here. But what he's trying to do is bring you under fear, Okay, uh, one gentleman uh, years ago, the statement was made uh, talking about your, your you know, faith versus fear. And he talks about that the, the fear that you tolerate is what begins to contaminate your faith. In other words, fear tolerated is faith contaminated, I think was the phrase. And to me, that makes so much sense because that's just true. Because you're trying to believe God, press forward accomplish, overcome, conquer, amen. But what happens is it all gets shut down when you yield to fear, okay? But see, if you remember that God is always with you, that he will not leave you nor forsake you, Amen. It helps you then stand above that. When you feel squeezed, all of a sudden it's like when you remember that and take hold of that, it's like he puts you in that wide, safe place. Amen. Where you don't feel, uh, you know, restricted anymore. You don't feel, you know, beat down. You don't feel, you know, all tied up. Instead, praise God, you feel free and free indeed. Praise God. Hope you're hearing this. All right, let's go to the new covenant. Spend the rest of our time here with you in Romans 8. Okay, now I always joke around with that. Romans 8, my favorite book in the Bible, praise God. Romans 8, my favorite chapter in the Bible is Romans 8. Hallelujah. Today we're going to start up here in verse 30. Um, in the light of everything that we've talked about here, Hallelujah. Verse 30. In fact, you know what? Let me read verse 31, then I'm going to jump up to 30, okay, because I want you to catch this. Verse 31, a common text here, okay, it says this. What then shall we say to these things? Now, he's asking a question, and he's referring to these things, okay? There's, some, there's things he's talking about. 
And he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's another question. He says, could we say that, if, that, is God, that God is for us? Amen. And, and who could be against us? He's asked, well, obviously we could. Okay, we know the answer to that. But I want you to, to hear that. Now I'm going to go up to verse 30 because these are the things he's talking about here. Okay. Or at least a, a portion of it. But it's, it's, I think for today it's going to be just uh, it's what we need to hear. Uh, verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now there's four different things he mentions in this verse. Uh, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. Okay, these are four things he mentions, all right? And he says, what can we say about these things? So these things, okay, so let's look at them real quick. Okay, so let's define some things here, all right? Okay, predestined is a word that means predetermined or preordained destiny. Now, that doesn't mean that your destiny is just going to manifest, however, but he's just saying this, that you have, you have a future, okay, is what he's saying, that you have a future that has some value and has some potential to it. Okay, so it's out there. It's for you. Okay, we all have a destiny, a future, okay, that we're called to. Okay, now that don't mean every believer walks in it. Okay, and I'm, you know, if you go through this text, if you yield to fear, you yield to the lies of the enemy, you may miss out on your destiny. Now, I know nobody really wants to hear that verse or hear that, but, but that's the facts. Okay, so what he's bringing out is there is a, there is a future out there for you. You know, remember uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11 uh, says, you know, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts uh, of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope, praise God, or an expectation or expected end, that means. Amen. So there's a future that's for you. And that's what he says. There, there is a future that's lined out for you if you'll grab it, okay? And he says here uh, that if you are predestined, these he's also then called, and that word called means a calling or a bidding, or literally means an invite, okay? It means an appointed or appointment kind of a thing, but he's talking about a purpose, okay? Not only do you have a future, okay, that has great potential, great value, but you have a purpose, I mean, a purpose to fulfill, a purpose to carry out, okay? Everybody has that. And again, I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear this. That don't mean everybody's walking in it. That don't mean everybody's going to fulfill it. There's a lot of people that go to their grave and never walk in their purpose, that never walk in their future, okay, that they're called to, all right? Now, I'm not trying to depress anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody sad, okay? I'm just telling you, he's just saying that all of these things are laid out for you, all right? But if you're going to yield to fear, if you're not going to recognize the fact that God is with you to help you through it all and walk you in it, you're going to yield to these other things, and you may, you may your whole life, all right, just be subject to the, the torment of the enemy and never walk in what God has for you. Now, I don't want that for you, and I don't want that for me, all right? So I hope you're hearing this today. This is why this is so important to understand it. Okay, he says, those who he, he uh, predestined, these he's also called. In other words, not only do you have a future, but you have a purpose, okay? These he's also then justified. Okay, these are key. Okay, the word justified is actually the same Greek word used uh, for justified, uh, uh, righteousness, uh, right, uh, righteous, uh, righteous, uh, righteous, uh, what did I say? Justified, righteous, uh, made right. These are all the same Greek word here. Okay, so this word means rendered right. 
okay, or righteous, all right? It also means to regard as, as innocent. Now, hang on to that, to regard as innocent or free. And you say, why is that? Well, what he's saying here is that nothing in your past can hold you back from what you got ahead. That's what he's bringing out. Nothing in your past can hold you back. That's what it means to be justified. That's what it means to be the righteousness of God, to be rendered right. Okay, what was that other phrase? To regard as innocent. Why is that? Because a lot of times the enemy will torment you with your past. Again, it's more uh, fear-based thoughts that come at you from the enemy to somehow lock you in to things of your past so that you never walk in your purpose or you never walk in the future that you're called to. So what he's trying to bring out here uh, today in this verse is that not only do you have a future, but you have a purpose. Amen. And he's made a way here because you're the justified, the righteous. Amen. Rendered right or innocent, praise God, which means that your past cannot hold you back, that no matter how much the enemy tries to put that in your face or torment your mind with, You're free from your past. If you know Christ, it's under the blood, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And not only are you justified, then it says, but you've also been glorified, okay? What does that mean? Well, it's a word that means full of glory, magnificence, or honor, but it refers to an empowerment, okay? An empowerment to push you forward, all right? It works a lot like grace, okay, in a lot of ways, okay? That empowerment to push you forward, okay? But the bottom line is, he's saying here that you have a future, you have a purpose, your past can't hold you back, and you've been empowered to move forward. Now, again, as I said earlier, all of this is available. All right, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to accept it? Are you going to reject it? Are you going to yield to fear, those fear-based thoughts? Or are you going to put those things down And grab hold of who you are and what God has made you to be. Amen. Knowing that God is always with you and for you. So the next verse then asks the question, right? Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What then shall we say to these things? And these things that have been said. Amen. What could we say about it? Could we say if God is for us, who could be against us? Absolutely. That's what he's bringing out. Amen. It doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter what's against you. It doesn't matter what's warring against you. You know one thing. God is for me. Praise God. God is for us. Amen. God is for you. God is for me. Praise God. God is on our side. Hallelujah is what it refers to. Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So he's saying is this, that price has been paid. It's all yours, amen, because of what Christ has done, amen. We're not saying that somehow or another you've all been made, you know, you're perfect and everything about your life is is now all perfect and in order. What he's saying is Christ is perfect. Christ is the one that paid the price. And you are who you are because of what Christ did, not because of what you did, not because of what you didn't do. It's what Christ did that made you, uh, uh, you know, be able to receive all of this. That's why you have a future. That's why you have a purpose. That's why, praise God, you don't have to be held by your past. I mean, that's why you've been empowered to move forward. 
praise God, because of what Christ has done. So he's trying to make it clear that you have a God that is with you, praise God, that he sent his son to pay a price, that everything that, that, that he has is now readily available to you, that all of heaven's resources are now at your disposal. That's what that verse is bringing out. Amen. Because of what Christ has done. But because of God being good and merciful, praise God, and a God of love, amen, a God who's willing to give his all, praise God, because of all that, amen, you can walk today, hallelujah, in confidence, knowing I have a God who's with me, a God who's for me, a God who will never leave me nor forsake me, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Man, this excites me. Verse 33. So here we go now. Take a look at this, and everything we've been hearing comes, comes, to these, uh, comes into these verses. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? That's you. That's your God's elect. Who shall bring a charge? Who shall bring some kind of opposition against you or bring uh, somehow make some uh, accusation against you? Amen. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. There's that word again. It is God who justifies. Amen. Who is he who condemns? Look at this, to literally bring an account or a charge against. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, even right now, who also makes intercession for us. Amen. Right now that's all going on. But the price has been paid. What he's trying to say is no matter what the enemy tries to bring against you, no matter what those fear-based thoughts may be, no matter what that insecurity tries to rise up, you know, bless God, that God is with you. God is for you. Amen. He's never leaving you, no forsaking you. Praise God. You don't have to be beat down by these uh, evil, demonic thoughts. Hallelujah. No matter what kind of charge, what kind of condemnation is trying to come against you, you rise up in who you are, child of God. Hallelujah. Who shall separate us? Verse 35. Who shall, uh, literally means to put room between. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? What's all this referred to? Well, the word here, uh, tribulation, means pressure from trouble. The word distress means mental pressure. All of it's a type of pressure. Okay, you have persecution, which means people pressures. Okay, famine, it means to be without sustenance. Okay, if somehow or another there's pressure about that, not having enough, right? Nakedness literally means without provision is what it refers to, all right? Uh, the word peril means your life may be in danger one way or another. The word sword means under judicial punishment. I mean, these are all things that are mentioned right there in that verse. And he's saying, shall any of this, no matter what's coming against you, so he's trying to say, I don't, it doesn't matter how the, the attack might be trying to hit you, what kind of warfare you might be under. Understand, nothing can separate you from the love of God, and nothing can separate you from His presence. If you'll know and be confident in the fact that you have a God who's with you, a God who's for you, a God who will never leave you nor forsake you, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, he goes on, he says, as it is written. Now, this is a verse that's actually quoted out of Psalms, okay, and it says this. This is just a quote out of Psalms, I think Psalms 44, I believe, and it just says this. Hallelujah. Uh, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things. Now, what he's trying to say is this, okay? Verse 36 here is talking about the fact that you might feel like you're under all this. 
Okay, you may feel like, you know, I'm just counted as sheep to the slaughter. I'm, you know, how am I going to make it through the day? How am I going to make it through the week? How am I going to make it through the month? Uh, how, how, how am I going to handle this situation? How am I going to, you know, deal with this thing in my life? Okay, he's saying you may feel like, you may feel like right now, this is really what's bringing out. You may feel like you're the victim right now, but you're not. Verse 37 starts saying you're the victor, not the victim. Amen. So no matter what is coming against you, as far, as far as demonic pressure and one way or another, I don't care which direction it is. That's what it's talking about in verse 35. You might feel like in verse 36, you may feel like you're the, the victim here, but you need to understand, praise God, you got to rise, like, like you said, yet in all these things. In other words, I choose to make a choice here. I choose to make a decision to put my faith in God, to put my confidence in God, to know that I have a God that is with me, a God who's for me, a God who'll never leave me nor forsake me, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm making a decision. And I'm telling you right now, child of God, our lives really are more dependent on the decisions we make, not by the conditions we're in. And a lot of times we look at our life at the conditions and the things we're dealing with and think that life is over or life stinks or whatever. But I'm telling you, if you make a choice to put your confidence and trust and your faith in God, hallelujah, God who's with you, I guarantee you'll rise as the conqueror, praise God. Verse 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen. Through him, amen, who loved us. Amen. In other words, I choose him. I choose to put my faith in him, my confidence in him. And as a result of it, I rise above whatever pressure I'm dealing with. I rise above whatever circumstance I'm up against. I rise above any kind of demonic attack, any kind of people attack, any kind of verbal attack, any kind of mental attack. I rise above it. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You're not a victim. You're the victor. Praise God. You are the conqueror. Oh, hallelujah. I am persuaded. I love this. Verse 37 and 38 here. I am persuaded. I'm, I'm confident, amen, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us, amen, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, praise God. Now, I just did this, and before I let you go, years ago, several years back, I took the time and I took every one of them words. I mean, I spent a day just going through every one of them words and looking at what really what's Paul talking about here when he said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. He goes on all them. You know, what is he referring to here? He meant. Now, a lot of times you speed through that and you think, man, this sounds pretty powerful. But when you start really looking at what he's referring to, it kind of meets all of us right where we're at. All right. So I took some time and I, I uh, defined it, put it together. And really what I'm going to give you right now is the Jerry Roberts translation of these last couple verses here in this chapter. So here's what it says, okay, when you, when you define it. He says, for I'm persuaded that whether things die or live, whether things good or bad or unexplained happen, whether things are instantaneous or have been delayed, okay, whether things have been exposed or remain hidden, even if things have been fabricated against us, nothing shall be, be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, let me say it again, okay? All right. I am persuaded that whether things die or live, 
Whether things good or bad or unexplained happen. Whether things are instantaneous or been delayed. Now think about all this in the light of everything. I can't even tell you how many times I've had people up against these kind of situations that begin to cower or quit or or come under fear when you have no business doing it, no matter what's against you right now. Okay, whether things are moving along quickly or not is no excuse to quit. Whether things didn't quite manifest like you thought at first, you stay with it, you keep moving forward and pressing forward and watch God do something glorious. Amen. So whether, whether things die or live, whether things good or bad or unexplained happen, whether things are instantaneous or been delayed, whether things have been exposed or remain hidden, even if things have been fabricated against us, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. I hope that helped or benefited you there. Child of God, can't say it enough. Amen. Put your trust in the God who's always with you. Amen. Who will never leave you nor forsake you. A God who's always on your side. Praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding. Hallelujah. Bringing this alive. Hallelujah. Within our hearts, our minds. Hallelujah, Lord God, that we will walk. Hallelujah. In confidence and trust that you are a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.